0: You're listening to an Axe Church sermon. If you haven't heard of Axe Church before, we are a church in Camas, Washington. You can check us out at axcamas.org. You can see what we're about and what we're up to. We're glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy this sermon. For some of you that have been part of Axe Church, uh, but we're not part of Living Word Fellowship, you know that we are joining the Wesleyan Church, okay? And so um, that's actually happening today. We're gonna to be officially joining the Wesleyan Church today so that Living Word and Acts become one Wesleyan Church together. The Wesleyan Church is, is teaming up with us. They're just as excited as we are about reaching this region for Christ, okay? It's, yeah, amen. And so we're excited to be part of that. And, and we want you guys to know more about what that means and so on. So at the potluck, afterwards is why another reason why you want to stay as if you didn't want to stay for the food but stay for afterwards because we're going to have uh we're going to be talking a little bit about that we're going to have steve bragg our missionary from the philippines our 30 churches that are in the philippines he's going to be talking about that ministry i'm probably going to talk a little bit about honduras i'm going to let you guys meet some of the people who are uh, part of the church here so that you get to know them a lot of stuff like that so hang out afterwards but this morning um, we have invited Wes Smith, who is the superintendent of the Northwest District of Westland. So that is Alaska, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota, North Dakota, Utah. Is that right? Good? All right. So he's got a lot of traveling that he does, and he traveled a long way to be here with you all today, and he's going to bring us a message this morning. Um, and so you'll have to wait till next week. Lord willing, all. I'll be preaching next week. If you wonder what my preaching's like, ask my mom. She'll tell you completely unbiased, um, Anything you want to know about me, just ask my mom. Don't ask anybody that knows me, okay? Um, no. Wes is going to preach for us today. Wes is, was, has been a pastor for a very long time, and then he was the, the uh, superintendent of the district that, that involved, I think, Colorado and Texas and Arkansas and some states down there. And then he, uh, for those of you who ever met his, his father, Isaac, Wes took over for his, for his dad and is now our superintendent. He's excited to be with us. And if you guys can make, this is our first Acts Church welcome. Let's do it right. Clap for Wes Smith.
1: Well, it's really great to be here today for lots of reasons. Uh, Super excited to watch you worship together, watch you uh, just get to know each other. One of the just most enthusiastic uh, times of worship I've been part of for quite a while. So we want to say, all of us from the Wesleyan Church from, well, around the world, uh, to a whole bunch of you who are going to be new to the, the family of the Wesleyan Church, welcome. We love your mission. We'll get to know you, and I'm sure we'll love your hearts for one another and for us. But we, what we already know about your mission to the world, we absolutely love. We are so passionate, as I'll talk about here again in a little bit, about reaching your neighbors for Christ and however we can be helpful in that we want to be. It's going to be fun to watch two groups of people come together. We see that often, and, and, and there's lots of fun dynamics with that. And uh, we're going to enjoy watching you all deal with that, because that's going to be great and interesting for us to observe. But as long as you maintain a deep love for one another and keep mission at the forefront, like, that's going to work. That's going to work, because that's what we care about most, right? I want to talk to you more about the Wesleyan Church and some of what that means during your potluck time. I'll do that later. But I want to take a few minutes and do what your pastor gave me a great privilege to do, and that is to teach God's Word. I want to teach to you from uh, the Gospel of Luke today, a story in Luke chapter 10, that you've certainly, if you've been to church more than a few times, you've heard this story before. This won't be a a new story. It's a story of Mary and Martha and their interaction with Christ. Uh, But I had the privilege some time ago to hear one of my mentors and teachers teach on this, and it... It's changed my life and the way I view this story, and I want to share that with you. So if you want to get out, uh, I think the words will be on the screen. Uh, You can do that. You can get out a device, which is what I'll read from. You can get out a Bible, whatever it is that you brought. I just want to read through this story with you, and then just go back and comment on it a bit. Uh, It's Luke, Luke 10, 38 through 42, and it begins this way. Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, or some versions, only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part, what is best, which will not be taken away from her. As I said before, if you've been to church more than uh, a handful of times, you've probably heard this story. And when you when you heard that I was going to teach on that today, you probably uh, hmm, you probably thought to yourself, "This is one of those stories about the teaching sermons about the Martha type and the Mary type." See, we're real good about dividing people into two kind of categories, right? We, we do this in all areas, like there's Republicans and Democrats, there's Apple people and Android people, right? There's, uh, ah, there's people who like to get up early in the morning and there's people who don't like people who like to get up early in the morning, right? <laughs> there's, uh, there's cat people and there's smart people. I mean, you just go... <laughs> stay with me, stay with me, don't get too distracted. Yeah, there's just, we just do that, right? We just, that's, that's how we do that and usually, when this is taught, it's taught that way. Like there is the, uh, there's the Martha type. And if you're the Martha type, you're like uh, the queen or king of multitasking. You got a lot going on. You got a lot of plates spinning, doing two or three things at once. Probably during the service today, you did your to-do list, your shopping list. And and, and if you're the Martha type, you help other people do stuff too, so you're telling the person next to you what their schedule's like today and all the rest, right? That's you if you're the Martha type. And then some of you, actually, I don't think that's the case, because if, if you know the text, if you know the Bible, Martha types get praised quite a bit, actually. Jesus says, work what's day, because the night's coming, and, and he talks a lot about serving people and actually martha types get praised quite a bit so i don't and i've come to believe it's not about that at all this this story can can we reread it again together i want to just start at the top and walk us through sentence by sentence and i think you'll see it in a whole different light it says and i'm reading from the new new king james version which is what i understand you all read from here and so it starts this way it says now it happened as they went that he that's jesus Entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, her home. If you were reading this in Jesus' day, that would be scandalous. Like, that would be shocking. No woman owned a home in Jesus' day, very unusual. It would have been so unusual that the community of Bethany, which is where this story takes place, would have been famous for the community where a woman owned a home. That would have been talked about and been quite unusual. And it's clear that it had become what she was known for. In, in, in Jesus' day, when, when your parents named you, they, it wasn't just, hey, we think that name's cool. It, was, it, was, it had deep meaning. Martha's parents, knowing likely that they were going to bequeath the home to her, named her Martha, which means mistress of the home. That's the name of that. This would have been who she was, right? Like if you had gone by Martha's house, like the lawn would have been wow. Like the roses would have been spectacular. Like the white picket. I mean, it would have been something like you, a tourist would come by to see it. This, she was famous for this. For all we know, her last name was Stuart, right? She was, yeah, she, somebody will get that later maybe, but, but yeah, yeah, I mean, this is who she is. This is, this is the thing. So understand that readers in, in this century would have said, wow, as they're reading that. That's sentence number one. Now it says, <coughs> And she had a sister called Mary. We gotta stop there. Why does why does the, the, the uh, why do we need to know that this early on? So in Jesus' day, when when uh, somebody came to visit, yet yeah, this is this is before Motel 6, McDonald's, all that stuff, right? So when somebody came to visit, there was an expectation of of lodging and food. That was just sort of the tradition because there wasn't that other stuff, so that had to happen. No one other thing. When Jesus knocked on your door, he usually had between 18 and 20 people with him. That'd be the typical size of his, his crew, okay? So, so you're Martha. You're famous for your hospitality and all this stuff. This is who you are, right? Jesus, the famous rabbi now knocks on your door with 18 to 20 people and there is an immediate thing that happens inside of you you know what that is like you even now when you, like in-laws knock on your door or whatever there's this oh shoot and there's this rush right and this panic and well that would have been times a hundred when jesus knocked on martha's door this happens right so martha is Whoa, this is the event she'll be known for. Like the town of Bethany will talk about Jesus' visit, she thinks, for a few years. Actually, for thousands of years, but she doesn't know that, right? Like She's just singing, like, wow, this is a big deal. So she goes into big-time serving mode, but there's good news. She has a sister who lives with her. Okay, so you're thinking she has help, right? That's the point of this mention at this point. Okay, so at least there's somebody else. But listen to this next phrase. It says, and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His Word. So here's the way it was supposed to happen in Jesus' world, in Jesus' time, in His era, not in Jesus' but in His era. So when a rabbi taught the men were supposed to stay in the living room and hear the teaching, and the women were supposed to go serve. Not the way it should be, right? That's not what we believe is right, but that's what it was thought to be the case. Like, like, like no self-respecting rabbi in Jesus' day would even allow a woman to be a disciple. It was considered scandalous. But something crazy happens. Mary when Jesus comes has the guts to stay in the living room and Jesus seems to not only allow it but encourage it. Well this if you're reading in the first century this would have been outrageous. This would have been crazy stuff, right? So so Martha is just as we'll see in a minute beside herself it's inappropriate I'm being I all this help I don't have any help and and when when in when the Bible says somebody chose to sit at somebody's feet, it doesn't mean that like Jesus is in the uh, recliner and Mary's on the floor at his feet. It means that she made like a decision, an intentional decision to be a disciple of that person. So like you might hear Paul uh, was was uh, sat at somebody's feet. you'll hear that throughout scripture it means they intentionally decided to become a disciple, and Mary it's like Nope. Not making green beans today. Like, I'm going to hear this. Jesus is in our house. That's what I'm going to be doing. Okay? Now, verse uh, 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, she's not not even going to go to Mary. She's kind of given up on Mary. I think she tried some stuff, right she's going to go right to the rabbi, right to the one who talks about serving all the time, right right to him and and I bet that it, the the if you if you just read the context of this there was, there's was this frustration buildup that's occurring, right? Can you imagine that like okay, uh, this might be an example like I'm not saying this has ever happened in my house. let's just get that clear before we talk through this uh, but I've heard it happens in some people's houses. Let's say it's Sunday afternoon, and let's say the Broncos are on, because Christians are Broncos fans. So, let's just say... Let's just... (laughs) Let's all get past that, okay, anyway. So, let's just say that's going on. And let's say there's two people in the home, Let's say one is on the couch watching the game and the others in the kitchen preparing lunch, let's just say. (laughs) Let's also just hypothetically say the person in the kitchen is a little frustrated that the person on the couch is not helping, let's just say. Again, I may have never heard this happening anywhere, but let's just say (laughs) it's happening. If you've ever been in a situation like that... What I hear happens is that the person in the kitchen sometimes begins to make some noise. <laughs> Cabinets shut, uh, other kind of noises. I've just I've heard this to be the case. And so when that's the case and you're the person on the couch, what do you have to do? You've got to turn the volume up. That's right. <laughs> That's, that's what you got to do because you can't hear the game. That's exactly right. That's what you got to do. Well, then what happens from what I hear is the person in the kitchen then gets very vocal, very inappropriately vocal. Just stuff happens. And, and there's this volume, 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 vo- right? Well, I think that's what's going on here. I think Martha is raising the volume. Jesus is speaking a little louder. And finally, Martha has had enough. And she goes again to the one who talks about serving all the time and says this, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? You don't even care that I'm doing this by myself. Do you not care? Tell her to help me. Wow. Right? That's pretty honest, right? And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. When Jesus says your name twice, <clears throat> you might want to think, right? Might be something coming. Martha, Mar- but but it's more than that. You see, He wants to emphasize who she is, her name. See that? Martha. And he says it again. Don't miss it. Martha. You've let your whole identity get wrapped up in something that you were never created to be or do. Martha. Martha, I know you're famous for this. I know you're worried about it. The Messiah is in your living room, and all you've got going on in your head is you know green beans and biscuits and whatever, right, Martha? Well, and then he goes on to say you're you're worried, troubled. Some versions will say upset, Martha. You got a lot going on, don't you? There's a lot of plates spinning, right? And you're barely keeping them from falling. Wow! I never made you to live that way. It was never the idea. Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. Anybody identify with that? Can anybody live life that way? If we get these fake identities, we get these things that maybe Maybe, maybe some of it came from our parents or peers or our enemy, who, yeah, whatever. And we live for things that sometimes aren't all that bad, like green beans aren't bad things, right? You don't want to give your life to that. But we give our life. You know, we, we have this enemy. Satan, he, 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 sometimes he can get us to do real bad things, destructive things, that really harm us. But, but when we turn to God and God begins to help us say no to those things, often what He does next is then He distracts us with, with good things, but not the best. Right? Like, like I don't know about you, but I'm getting better and better as I follow Christ about saying no to the really bad stuff, the stuff that will kill me. Right? Like I'm getting better at that. Thank God. His grace, not anything I've done, His grace is helping me with that. But now, now what, what I find I'm, I'm, I'm so tempted is, is to give my life to okay things. Actually, some good things. Not life-changing, world-changing, great thing, best thing. Just good things. Jesus goes ahead here. And He says... But one thing is needed. There's only one thing here, Martha. At this moment, there's only one best choice for you to make. And Mary has chosen that. Like, like she made the best choice. And I won't, or it won't, be taken from her. It's interesting, You, all, uh, uh, potluck I hear is happening here in a little bit. And I grew up in church, and I have been to about a billion potlucks, okay? I've had meatloaf with raccoon in it. I've had everything at potlucks. I do. I've been doing the potluck thing. And I remember as a kid, uh, I hope you don't have that today. I hear your potlucks. I shouldn't have said I hear your potlucks are awesome, by the way. Anyway, I digress. But I remember as a kid, like... Like, I'd always be a little nervous at potlucks because as a kid, I didn't like adventuresome food. And so I'd say to my mom, like, what what, what dish do I eat? like like?" And, and she'd say this very quietly and politely. She'd say, hey, uh, Mary or Betty or whoever some of the good, Cooks were in the church, she'd say, She made the mac and cheese and it's, it's up there on the right. And so I'd sneak over, right? And I'd get the mac and cheese and fill my plate up and go, and it would be a good experience, right? I'm sure you don't have to do that here. I just had that sometimes growing up, right? Well, this is literally the, the reason I bring that up is because Jesus is using the language of like a buffet to describe Mary and Martha. He's saying, Martha, there's this whole long table of food. And on all of the dish in all of the dishes is some good stuff. But one dish is spectacular. It's amazing, Martha. And Mary figured that out. And she took her plate and just piled that great dish right just piled it up and is and has gone back and is having the best dish. Not you you're settling for other small portions of lesser dishes and what you're telling me is she shouldn't have the best and i'm not going to take it from her what about you like 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 <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't it be hmm. I'll just speak for myself. I I don't want to reach the end of my life having lived my life for green beans. Nothing wrong with them. I eat them from time to time. We all need stuff like green beans. But so I don't want to give my life to not the best. And my enemy in every moment has a way of distracting me by all that's going on, and I don't, I don't want to end my life looking back on it and say I could have lived for something great, right? I I remember the first time I think this really hit me hard, and it hit me really, really hard, and I think it's wrecked me ever since, and I think I'm different today as a result. I was. Uh, I was a freshman in college. I was attending in those days South Dakota State University in in the same city that I had graduated from high school, just starting my freshman year. And I remember a particular Sunday, a Sunday in which I grew up a pastor's kid, and so I'd been doing Sundays for a long time. And this Sunday was not unlike a lot of Sundays for me. Back in those days, I'm, I'm pretty old, and so Back in those days, we had Sunday school, so I went at like nine o'clock, nine thirty to a to a college age Sunday school class, and then I went to a worship service, and then I that afternoon actually I was on the college campus at a Bible study. We were we were stud those some of us on on, on campus were studying together, and we were actually talking that day about how to reach other college kids our age for Christ. Like, how are we going to reach out and invite them to church and, and, and really engage in evangelism? And I remember driving home from that Bible study, that, now it was late afternoon sometime, and I remember having a prayer. I don't recommend praying this way. I try not to pray this way, but I was that day, okay? Here's the way the prayer was going. God, I have a big test tomorrow morning. Truth is, I'm probably not as prepared as I need to be, but I've been really good today. Never <laughs> prayed something like that. You don't have to admit it, but like, I went to Sunday school, I went to church, I went to Bible study, and I did all that instead of studying. So please help me with the test. That's how the kind of the conversation was going. Uh, I'm a little ashamed of that, but truth. I'm just telling the truth. Okay. I remember on my way home that prayer and noticing that I also didn't have a lot of gas in my car, so. It's pretty typical when I was in college. So I drove into the gas station, kind of in a hurry now. I'm stressed about the test. I jump out, fill my car up with gas. And this was a long time ago. This was before you could pay at the pump. You remember how horrific those days were? You just remember back to that? Anyway, okay. Uh, And so you had to go inside to pay. So, So I go inside and I'm in line, I'm not really paying attention. Again, I'm having that conversation about the test. I get up, now it's just me and the, the uh, counter attendant there in, in, in the left in the station, the line had, everybody else had left. I looked up and, oh no, it's Donna. I knew Donna. We had gone to high school together. Uh, Donna and I had been kind of friends. Uh, she'd actually asked me to the prom and I was I was uh, not able to go and but so there was a little awkwardness between us and also I knew Donna was a talker like a lot and I wasn't really wanting a long conversation at the moment so, so what I'm going to share hap- w- in terms of what happened next, I, I am in no way, as you'll see in a moment, proud of this. But here's kind of how this played out. See, see if this has ever happened to you. Oh, hi, Donna. How are you doing? Now we know, right, when we ask that question, you don't actually answer it honestly, right? <laughs> right. You can say, okay, fine, really well, there's a few appropriate responses, she did not do that. <laughs> she told me a horrific story about her day. Her boyfriend had uh, broken up with her in a, in a really bad way, and she was in bad sorts. Really, the, just, you could tell, hurting. Really hurting. And I wish, I wish I would have said, oh, I'm sorry, and really dug into that conversation. But I'm ashamed to tell you that I was so focused on like the test the next morning that I said some other kinds of things. I said things like we church people sometimes say, and it would be fine if we meant it, but we rarely do. I said, I'm sorry, I'll be praying for you. Signing my receipt, trying to keep the conversation going, not make eye contact. I probably said something dumb, like there's more fish in the sea, stuff like that. I'm just just going through the thing, right? And she continues to engage. I continue to be polite, but just, just not digging into it. Again, as I'm walking out, you know, I'm really sorry. I'll be praying for you. Uh, and I get to my car and forget about it jump, get back to where I live, study like crazy for my test, get up early, go to the class, take the test. And I'm walking out of the classroom and another classmate from high school meets me and says, did you hear about Donna? And I said, no. And he said, uh, she took her life last night. And I've, uh, I've reflected, of course, on that a lot, right? that that stands as one of the chief sins of my life and and if you've ever been in a situation like that I got to tell you one of, you know God's grace is amazing absolutely amazing and uh, I stand like Paul would say as the chief of sinners who's been forgiven and I'm so grateful for that But I'll tell you, I hope it's changed me. I I try to picture that situation from Heaven's perspective. Like we know God created Donna, right? And we know even though she was in a home that was far from God, that His whole hope was to have a relationship with Donna. Right? We know that. And He looked at every situation in her life as an opportunity, maybe now, Maybe now Donna will will find her true love, the one who created her. maybe this can be an opportunity for Donna, and even in this situation where her boyfriend had mistreated her and, and, and just treated her really horribly, maybe maybe even though he didn't want something bad to happen to her, maybe this could be used for good and 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 I think about this moment like like he has this. Christian who's been to Sunday school and church and Bible study and even the Bible study was about reaching people for Christ, right? And he brings him, probably ran my tank out of gas for all I know, right? He brings him directly to this gas station. If only Donna will have the guts when asked how she's doing to say the truth. If only she'll break like protocol and say, actually Wes, I'm doing horribly. If only she had the guts to do that then, then Wes will introduce her to the love of her life. Imagine how much Heaven celebrated when she did have the guts. And imagine how disappointed Heaven was when Martha, who was worried and distracted by all these things, Reputation on a test, good grades in school, all these things. When Martha, who was so distracted, said, there's more fish in the city, goodbye. Yeah. In every moment, you have a choice. There's some bad choices. There's some okay choices. And there's a best choice. Following Jesus. Hmm. Don't get distracted from the best. You know, I'm happy to be with you as a church today when you're merging and you're excited and you got all bright future and a lot of momentum. And 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 it'll be it'll be really fun, actually. And, And there'll be some really cool things, and you'll wrestle with all kinds of neat stuff and you'll get to know each other. Don't forget what it's about. Please. This isn't a social club. We're part of a rescue team among a population of dying people who are going to spend an eternity either with God or without God. And so I think you're going to be a lot better together than you were apart. But what really matters are those lives. Don't be distracted. By all this other stuff and forget the dying people around you.
0: Well, thanks for listening to our sermon. Again, this has been a sermon from Axe Church in Camas, Washington. We hope you enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. If you did, you can subscribe to our channel as well as liking and commenting. We'd love to hear how these sermons are impacting you. You can also take a look at our podcast series that we have out. And we'll catch you again next week.